the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for being with me this morning. We talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. That's what it's all about when we're working on this way of life of trying to, uh, what's the right answer? Uh, Navigate? Stay afloat? This week, was it not a crazy uh, winter? Listen, maybe some of you grew up in, in Southern California like I did. I remember rains like this. We would ride our bicycles out there. And please, cover the ears of the children. Because I'm going to share something with you. Listen, it's not easy. Uh, This is almost a confession. I feel guilty. We didn't wear helmets. We didn't wear helmets. Listen, I can't help it. I'm just sharing from my heart. The truth hurts. We didn't wear (gasps) seatbelts. We didn't wear seatbelts. But no, we rode our bikes. (laughs) Splash through the puddles. Remember that? That was a lot of fun. Splash through the puddles. Come home with that big line of dirt running down the center of your back from your BMX bike. You'd have stains, you'd be wet, your mom would yell at you. And if you were like me, where I got one bike, most of my childhood, I, like really, I mean, until I bought one, and my parents worked their tail off for that bike, because they, they did, that's what they did for us kids. And I remember, what did I do? I wiped the bicycle down with a towel, wiped the tires off, because my mom and dad, especially my mom was home during the day, she very upset. If I brought in water, if I if I drug that through the house, and then what would I do? I'd move it into my bedroom because <laughs> there really wasn't any place to put it, right? The where it didn't get wet, you couldn't leave it outside. Heaven forbid, didn't want it getting wet. And that bicycle took care of me for years and years and years. It was a place to ride. It was it felt free. It was the thing to do. And then in the summertime, right? Your parents just said, "Get out, go, go play outside. Don't come back until the streetlights come on." Remember that. Well, I was so fortunate because I had neighbors down the way, around the corner, five, six, eight blocks away that were family. Some of you know the story, briefly. In the 1976, there was a civil war in Lebanon. My dad, a true American hero, was already an American citizen, so hence an American hero, went back to Lebanon, rescued his family through Syria into Jordan, had to wait for months until they could come, uh, until they could 
uh, and I'm going to say something else, folks. Ready? Legally come to the United States. <gasps> That's right. They legally came to the United States. And because they didn't know anything about America, they settled around our home. So years later, right? Years go by. And they're comfortable. They have their homes. And I'd ride my bicycle, even though I wasn't allowed to come home because it wasn't streetlights. I'd go from one house and I would eat, <laughs> eat breakfast or brunch or whatever because my aunt's you cannot leave without eating. Italian, Mexican, Lebanese, it doesn't matter. Try to go to your grandma's house or your aunt's house when you're young and not eat. That's the, the ultimate insult. So, of course, I would eat. Well, listen, I'm a young, I'm a teenage boy. This is a great thing. Bye, Auntie. Get on my bike. Ride, ride, ride. Go to the other house. Hi, everybody. Oh, my gosh, you hungry? I'm starving. I'm starving. They're like, come on in and sit down. I will make you a plate. So by the time I got home, my mom's at dinner time. I'm like, oh, I can't eat, man. I've been eating all day, driving around, bicycle to bicycle, house to house, right? Having a blast. But we would run, jump through puddles. We would create jumps. We'd be out in the mud with a shovel and make a little jump. So we try to jump the puddle to see if we could clear it without splashing in the puddle. Remember that stuff? Yeah, that's called the San Fernando Valley. Not middle Ohio or middle of Indiana. No, no, it's the San Fernando Valley. Simple, fun, clean, an exciting place to be. And now all of a sudden it rains. Do you realize this is what happens? Let's be clear. It rains. Flash floods, mudslides. Yeah, it's real. It's happening. I saw it. And then it's dry. Fires, fires, fires. Then the rain comes and the weeds come up again and the trees come up again. And then it's dry. Fire, fire, fire. Flash floods. What? What? Why is it that there's always bad news, bad news, bad news? Well, we know the old it bleeds, it leads, right? That's the part of the story. But I don't think what we figured out is this. The absolute corruptness of the Department of Water and Power. I love you guys, the employees, but your organization, your leadership, corrupt, dishonest. <gasps> well, why do you say that, Eric? That's pretty rude. Okay, let's play a game for a minute. Let's play a game called California has a drought. Southern California has a massive drought. Oh, gosh. What should we do? Should we run around and go, shut off your water, shut off your water, take less showers, charge you more money? Okay. I guess that's 50% of the coin, right? Half of the problem. Uh, how about store water, clean water, desalinate water, or let trillions of gallons of water go out to sea? You ever ask yourself, look at all that fresh water. Tons, uh, millions, billions, trillions. And when I say trillions, that's not an exaggeration. You can look at math. It's a cubic uh, foot. I, I did the math for you so that you don't have your heads explode. I did it for you. Believe me, trillions of gallons of water out to sea. Ask yourself this. Why is the loss? You heard me talk about it. I talked about it last week. I'm telling you again. Why? Because some of you didn't listen last week. Some of you were busy doing other things. You need to pay attention. Why? Because you should revolt. You should create a problem and ask the questions. You go to the city council meetings. Go to the Department of Water and Power and say, excuse me, you just let all that fresh water go out to sea, to the ocean. Bye-bye. Gone. What are you doing for us ratepayers? Excuse me, water district of whatever, what are you doing for us ratepayers? Now, I understand up and down 
the, the Pyramid Lake and Castaic Lake. See, most of that water is used for what? For power generation. Okay? Water is up in, up in uh, Pyramid Lake, comes down pipes, turns turbines, comes into Castaic Lake in northern L.A. County. Creates electricity. At night when there's less usage and people are not using electricity and electricity is very cheap, inexpensive, they pump it right back up to the top lake. And they do it over and over and over. I got it. Great thing. No problem. Instead of working on the Castaic Dam, right, there's a problem. They have to redo some of the things. So they drain all the water out. So instead of doing that at a time when there's not a lot of electricity, meaning air conditioners, so maybe springtime, but not a lot of rain, maybe springtime, they do it in the middle of what was predicted to be the biggest rainstorm, I don't know, I love it, in our lifetime. Well, listen, I'm in my early 50s. Uh, Listen, my lifetime, I remember 30, 40 years. I remember 70s and 80s. I remember lots of rain coming down. I remember floods. So explain to me this. If this is such a horrible, and I'm with you, let's call it a horrible thing, drought. Explain to me how. Well, Arif, we get our water from the snowpack. And I saw Channel 7849 News, whatever, tell me that, the, that they, they had this measuring stick. And the guy that looked like oh, a Michelin man person, right? Puffy, puffy, puffy. With this long stick and went down and said, here's where it's supposed to be. And here's where it is. That's going to melt and go down the... Okay, so Mr. Not Thinking Out of the Box, let's figure this out. Water comes down, goes into the L.A. River. L.A. River has cement on the bottom. Water goes out to sea. Huh. Is there no place? Maybe, listen, I'm just a, I'm just a financial guy. Retired policeman, financial guy, citizen water board com, uh, you know, member. Uh, listen, nothing big. I'm just a guy. But common sense kind of sits on my lap. Most of the time, it's how I survived on the police department. Just common sense. Just questions. Is there no place along that whole L.A. River? All the 710 freeway goes out to ocean. There's no way where we could have just, oh, I don't know, put in a pipe. Put in a guy, three guys with a pump. <laughs> and pump it in, in trucks. That's all we have. Pump it in a truck and send it up to, isn't there anything like that we could have done? Because you know what you're going to do? You're going to declare another water state of emergency next summer, right? Summer 2023, the worst drought in American history. Don't be fooled by the rainwater. Here's our meter. The AccuWeather meter system of 9,000. Here it is, system 9,000. Or you guys are disgusting, corrupt politicians, water board people, district people, I, I don't know. Call yourself whatever you want. Go retire. Go somewhere. You're not solving the problem. There has to be a water engineer somewhere who's thinking beyond, oh, I don't know, his next paycheck. Who says, wow, look at all this mess, the floods. Oh, my word. Huh. Ding. Solution. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we are doomed. You live in a desert. It's bound to wash out to sea. That's called the way it is. Really? Do you guys know that you already pay a tax 
<laughs> you know that? It's called a water runoff tax. Yeah, look at your property tax bill. Water runoff tax. You see, you think that you have property, uh, a prop, Proposition 13. Proposition 13, protects your water. Protects your property. Protects your land. Right? Because it's property tax. Your property can sometimes get run over by, by floods. Your property can have fires. So you have property tax. It pays the county, the city, the state, the water, this, this, this. Get it. So look at your property tax. Or if they can't raise my property tax. Yeah, because as a senior citizen, you remember they were chasing you out. Because the last time we had this growth rate was in the 70s. And people, there wasn't enough money for the roads and bridges because the city and state politicians were corrupt. They were stealing the money. They were uh, overbilling. Remember, $500 toilets, $3,000 hammers. Remember all that stuff? Just an example. They kept raising, raising, raising. So finally, the citizens revolted, Howard Jarvis, and said, we're not going to pay it. We're not going to take this anymore, as the I think it was Pink Floyd said so eloquently. All right. So what did you guys do? You voted in this Proposition 13. And the politician rings, ringed their hands. Oh, they closed schools. Remember some of the schools in the San Fernando Valley? They closed them. I remember. Ooh, because of you, Proposition 13, we're laying off half the staff. Oh, run. And now what did they do? They just put it on your property tax bill. We did not change property tax. This is a water runoff tax. And then another one comes. It's for the children. For the children. And then they so carefully leak, pun is intended, for the state of California to have a fiscal crisis. Remember that? You heard me tell you this. Remember when Governor Gavin Newsom, remember when I told you that he was lying to you. I choose my words carefully, guys. Because he knew better. You know that, right? He knew better. And what was it that he did? He said, oh, look at all this money we have in the bank. Vote for me. Look at all. We've run our budget so well. Look, at, Vote for me. We put so much money in the bank. We have 18 billion, 20, 28, 85 billion yeah, in the bank. And I told you exactly what he did. He went, follow me for a minute, and he borrowed the money. It's called issuing a bond borrowed the money and put it in the bank, right? If you took a cash advance on your credit card, took that cash advance and put it in the bank account, did you just save $10,000 or are you $10,000 in debt? Well, the state of California took a cash advance on a credit card. It's called issuing a bond. Then they put it where? In the bank. And then they said, oh, see, look at all this money. We're flush with cash. No, no, no. You owe that money plus the interest on that money. And because you're a bad credit risk, you actually have to pay a little more interest than the other state down the street. You see that other state over there that did pretty good with its money called Texas? Yeah, they pay a lot less interest because people expect to get all their money back. With you, eh, maybe not. They're a little scared. So you got to pay more interest. So ultimately, what you guys ended up doing is very simple, state of California, is you lied. Mm-hmm. Because now, uh, election over. Uh, crisis. Water, floods. Ellen DeGeneres' house. Did you see that picture? Oh, my gosh. Remember last time it was Oprah's house in Montecito? Oh, horrible. Have you seen rich people 
one of their six houses. Oh, my word. How'd that happen? So what did that mean to you? Well, uh, let's see if we can uh, talk about this pretty clearly. After years, uh, this is CBS News. After years of budget surpluses, eh, wrong, dishonest. Goes to show you they don't report the news, they just report or repeat what the governor says. After years of budget surpluses, California headed towards a $22.5 billion deficit. From a budget perspective, the first four years of California Governor Newsom's time in office has been great. Except they weren't. He borrowed money, put it in the bank, called it a, a surplus. Not true. Dishonest. Look, some of you chose not to become a client because I talked about this in a group meeting once. And I said, you guys have to prepare. You have to prepare for this because here's what's going to happen. They're going to lie. They're going to play this game. It's for the election. And then at the end, they're going to come to you and say, see, you have to pay us more taxes. And for those of you that are going to stay in the state of California, guess what you're going to have to pay? Yes, more taxes. Now, if you have this much money, my arms are really wide like the fish I caught last time in Alaska. But the taxes are this much wide, uh, the size of the minnow I used to catch that fish then, eh, it's not a big deal. And maybe you and I, we're going to be okay. But you see the neighbor down the street? Nope. Uh, the other one down the other way that, that works for the place that you like to go? No, no, they won't be fine. You see, this $22.5 billion deficit means the schools were going to have to suffer. That means some of you teachers, educators, uh, classified employees of the district, you're going to have to find another job. That means some of you that were just hired recently... Uh, as far because right the teachers union doesn't do the best teacher stays it does the newest teacher stays so the best teacher may not be the one that gets to stay so the districts across California are going to have to lay off people no question that will happen in the next year or two because you see people aren't staying in the state of California If you're making money, guess what? You leave the state of California. Because you're going to start seeing stories all across. The drought is not over. It's not going to end. This is just the beginning. Don't don't let your dirty eyes see. Nope, nope, nope. Don't, Don't let it. Don't be confused. This is not really what you think it is. This is water going out to sea, but it's just the way it is. What a silliness. You guys, listen, I spoke to somebody that could be running, uh, that should be running, but will not be running, but should be running for the, uh, the, the U.S. Senate on the conservative side against Dianne Feinstein. And this person was very clear. He said, California hasn't suffered enough. Too many people are still going to vote for the Democrat and will not vote for me because I have an R after my name. If you don't have a D after your name, you cannot win in the state of California. They haven't paid the price enough. Now, that stinks because all of us have to suffer in order for the others to change their mind. You're going to be like, come on, I'm feeling it. They're like, no, I'm good. I'm in, uh, you know, I'm at the, the Grove. Do you not understand? I can still drink my coffee with my pinky out. What do you need? You go go to, I know it's 1030 in the morning, but you go to work. Somebody has to pay the taxes. 
<laughs> Drive by some of those places. Take it. It's worth it to take a day off of work. Pull your kids out of school. And go drive in, you know, Third Street and, and, and well, you got to walk Third Street, but, uh, you know, drive uh, around the Grove and, and look around and say, these are young, able-bodied people here in Playa del Rey in, in Orange County. Wait, wait, is this, shouldn't they be at work? What are they doing walking their cute, I mean, dog is just incredibly cute. But why are they walking a dog at 1030 in the morning drinking a coffee when they should be, oh, I don't know, maybe working and creating revenue, paying taxes. Why not? Because they want you to serve them. Now, look, if you can retire in the state of California, it's a great place to be, I think, provided you can afford everything because you let everybody else pay the taxes. But when about half of you pay the taxes for the whole 100%, uh, look, uh, I'm with you. I'm frustrated about this. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> Have you not figured it out yet? When the state of New York, let me pull that up. The state of New York has a budget deficit uh, 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 yeah, of about five, right around five billion is what they're expected to be collecting. And then they're behind, oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 7.6 billion dollar deficit in New York. Uh, because of all the COVID unemployment. Yeah, you created the unemployment. You create the problem, solve the problem. Everybody has to pay for the problem that you created. New York City itself, New York City projects a $2.9 billion deficit. That is an enormous amount of money. Be clear, that's the city of New York, not the state. The city of New York has a $2.9 billion deficit. Where are people moving from? Right, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, made it really clear. Remember a couple years ago? Well, I think less than that. I think it was last summer, if I'm not mistaken, actually. Seemed like so long ago. Summer of 22. Uh, if you don't like it here, you go down MAGA country. You go get out of here. You, you leave. Take your money. We don't need you. Okay. All right. Thanks. And now what she's saying? Oh, please stay. Please stay. Don't leave us. Right? When the hedge fund man from New Jersey, right? When he left, remember that? You heard me talk about that before. When he left, what had happened? Right? One taxpayer moved. This is uh, April 30th of 2016. A hedge fund billionaire, David Tepper, left. And it was very interesting to me. You see, they made it very clear that, that he was sneaking, sneaking out of the... He left, slithered, right? He's rich, you're bad. When I say rich, bad. He has money, bad. New Jersey won't say exactly how much Mr. Paid, Tepper paid in taxes. Well, I can tell you guys it was $150 million. $150 million. Taxpayer experts made it very clear. The hundreds of millions of dollars that they would lose, Mr. Tepper... 58 years old decided to move ready for this to Florida <gasps> several New Jersey city lawmakers were very were frustrated huh if you're making hundreds of millions of dollars and you're paying close to 10% in the state of New Jersey you do the math 
says the Republican. Why would you stay? <laughs> Why would you stay? Can you blame them? You see, one man moved, and guess what they did in New Jersey? They had to call a special election. Uh, sorry, special uh, meeting, not an election. Special uh, uh, you, you know, meeting. Pull everybody together. State Assembly, get in here. State Senate, we got to talk. What are we going to do? We just lost $150 million. I think more pain is coming. I wish I was the guy with good news, right? The old bleed it leads. Of course, Eric, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but listen, hey, we have great weather except for the whole, oh, well, I guess we don't because the last couple of weeks were pretty stinky. But other than that, this is the place to be. 888 retire Let me give you the phone number one more time. I want to help you. If you're going to stay, how do you lessen the le- legally lessen the taxes that you have to pay? We might have an answer for you. We might be able to help you. 888 retire At least cash flow, which I think is the answer. Cash flow is king, isn't it? 888 retire I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me. We'll continue right after the break. will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Arif Halaby, triple eight ninety nine retire, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. One of the things that we're seeing is this migration of people out of California. I don't think you have to move. I think you can manage it properly and stay, but you have to want to stay, and you have to want to be able to fight because there is a fight. You're going to have to fight through this craziness. Hopefully, when the collapse comes, because I think it's going to come. I think the state is going to have to file bankruptcy or default, whatever you want to call it. I always get a few of you that that say, well, states can't file bankruptcy. You can call it whatever you want. They will not have to pay their bills and they will negotiate and they will do a restructure and a reorganization. We call that bankruptcy when companies do that. You can call it a default. State legislature will go into an emergency session, pass a bill. the, The governor will sign it. And within days, the state will default. That's what will happen. And it will happen quickly, right? Because people go bankrupt very slowly, and then all of a sudden. Cities, states, counties go bankrupt slowly, and then all of a sudden. Now you know. You know that it's coming. So they will pass the burden on to you. And they will do the same thing that President Biden did and President Obama did. Right. When times were tough, what did they shut? Oh, we have to shut the national parks. You're like, you're punishing the people. That guy's going to get paid whether he's here or not. Right. You're going to pay the lady ranger there. You're going to pay the man ranger. You know that. He did it just to punish the taxpayer. That's the same thing that I think the state of California will do. It's going to punish the people until you vote for higher taxes or vote for the Democrats to continue in power. 
you're starting to see that states and uh, like California and New York, New Jersey, they're going to go after you if you make more than about $1 million a year. I think they're going to lower that number down to 750000 maybe lower. And maybe is that you or is that you and your business? I don't know. Because I think they're losing such massive amounts of people that by pushing those folks out of California, they know that they're losing their revenue. So they're going to use the power of the state, the military of the state called the the enforcement arm, right? The franchise tax board, the revenue service. I think they're going to do that in order to go after the people to ask them, hey, why don't you uh, stay? And they're going to do it, you know, with the, the point of a gun or a sword, as they say. You see, they made it very clear when they picked on Mr. Tepper for leaving New Jersey. Mr. Tepper never publicly announced that he was moving to Florida, but it became public on April 5th when Mr. Haynes cited a Bloomberg report mentioning that Mr. Tepper's move in his remarks to the state budget committee. You see, I think you have to ask yourself, why is it that somebody who has about $140, $150 million in taxes that he pays, not in earnings, that's a lot of tax, that's a lot of money, in taxes that he pays, that finally wakes up the state. Right? California has lost thousands of corporations with good-paying jobs. Toyota and Pepsi, Allstate Insurance, Geico, Tesla. I can go on and on. Big companies left. Go drive outside of Dallas, Plano, Texas, Austin. Drive outside of Henderson, Nevada. Look at uh, organizations, companies, manufacturers in Las Vegas. Why, Why did they go? You have to work on getting... Well, number one, you've heard me say it a million times. You have to work on getting yourself elected. You have to sit on the school board, the water board. You have to go to these meetings. If you're retired, if you have the funds to retire, you're blessed. Then that means it's time to stand up. Push back. Look, I can help you get reasonable rates of return. I can help you get a steady stream of income. The companies we work with, they're great. They're amazing. They've been around for decades, some 100 plus years. They're solid companies. Not going anywhere. Right? We look at them. If we look at history... They're pretty darn solid. But ask yourself this. If you had a reasonable, reliable source of income, what would you do differently? Right? What would your day look like? How, how would you wake up in the morning? Would you stand up for something differently because you're not afraid of getting fired? Would you, would you let others know by a sign in your front yard because you're not afraid of being canceled? Would you go to a school board meeting or a PTA meeting? Would you stand up at city council and tell people what they're doing is hurting the average everyday American and not the privileged, as they like to call you, right? The privileged is what they call you so that they can take things from you. And when the moment you open your mouth, you're considered, oh, you're an oppressor. Have you ever asked yourself, look, I just want to live, man. 
I just want to have a great childhood for my children and my grandchildren. I had a pretty good childhood. I think you should have a pretty good childhood. I think we should give you a chance to have a good life. I think we should stop this craziness of global warming, climate change, whatever the flavor of the week is. Right? We bought it that the that the earth was cooling in the 70s, right? The Newsweek article we all hear of. Remember that article? The war is, the, the earth is cooling. And then a few years later, it was uh, killer bees. And they had a graphic, man. They came swarmed up through Brazil because they were Amazonian, right? As if that was, oh, Amazonian. That means probably big. And that swooped, and they showed this graphic running up Central America, going from the left to the right, swooping up through Mexico, and bam, hitting California. And those, those killer bees, they're going to interpopulate with the other bees, the honeybees. And you and I are going to sit there and go, oh my gosh, there's no more honey. There's no more flowers. All the other uh, trees and, and fruit, vegetables, this stuff could be impacted. And they scare the daylights out of you. And rightfully so, that would scare you. All I know is that we've been talking about this since the 1980s. And any minute now, there was a global crisis. So the left operates off of, off of fear. Right? Flooding. Uh, the world... Flash floods. Okay, yeah, I see them. Flash floods. Yeah, mudslides. Mm, mudslides everywhere. Fire, fire, fire. Okay, fire. Got it. Fire everywhere. Is there just not anything to talk about? How about you just go? Hey, take, look. Stop looking at that mountain, and bring the camera down. Nope, a little lower. Down, 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 down to the right. Nope, not too far. Back up. Homeless people everywhere. Did you see them? How about that? How about we say why is this? okay with the mayor why is this okay with city council county supervisor shame on you from the big old shame well uh, how is that okay with you Catherine Berger Catherine Barger right may I call you Mrs. Barger I, I, I don't know how is that okay with you uh, do you have that little of a negotiating slash convincing skill set uh, may, maybe that all the other city council men and women they are or, or, sorry co- uh, county supervisors all the other county supervisors want homelessness and you are the lone voice because you know what's going to happen you will get your paycheck you will get your take-home car you will get your security personnel You will get to drive with special blacked out windows that normal citizens can't have. And you will get a gas card that fills that gas tank so that you can drive speedy fast right past all those homeless people. So that when I have to sit in traffic and I have to look to the left and right underneath the bridge, or I have to watch the men and women of our fire department and the the swift water rescue people rescue these folks. That shouldn't be living, I mean, I don't know, call me silly, but they shouldn't be living in the dry lake bed, which isn't dry, or under a bridge. How do you call yourself an elected official? How do you you cash the check? Right? I get it if you go, and I'm elected and I will make a difference. Got it. Hey, you can't make a difference right now. You're fighting. I get it. You get in there. You you wrestle. You fight. You you argue, discuss, bring up. uh, Yeah, but, but you shouldn't cash a check. Solve one problem and you can start cashing your check. 
How do you do that with a straight face without any guilt or shame? I don't know the answer to that. Somebody should. Somebody should ask you. Because, uh, folks, you and I work our tails off. We put our money aside. We save and invest it. We build retirement portfolios so that one day we can have a life so that you wake up and you go, oh, wait a second. Why are you taking half my money again? It's the same problem you haven't solved for years. And instead, you guys run around and tax the daylights out of me. Maybe, I mean, this is just me calling it funny here. Maybe you are the wrong person for the office. And if you don't start making a difference, listen, I I get it. You want to be elected? I'm with you. I'll, I'll play that game. Solve the problem. Gavin Newsom phonied up the whole, we have a budget surplus. And now we have a budget deficit. $22.5 billion. I will kind of bet you some money. I'm not really a betting person. I don't do that. But if I was, I'd put a $100 bill on the table and say, before the end of the year, before the end of 2023, this so-called budget deficit of $22.5 billion, ah, I bet you it's going to be closer to mm, probably 30. There's going to be a $30 billion number floated around. Now, you might ask, why? Well, it's very simple. Because they're going to try to pass more bills. It's for the children. You realize we're going to have to cut school funding? What do you you, hate children? It's for old people. Did you want old people to suffer? So there'll be a little bit of that. And then there'll be the clean water. That crowd's got to come around for a little bit. Clean water, clean air. I mean, we need clean air and clean water. We need children. Nurses, we like nurses. Expect that on the, that's coming up on the next ballot. I don't know what. It's just probably because nurses are nice people. We like them and they're smart. They help people. You see, that's how the left governs. They don't have solutions. Their goal is if they can bring up a problem, not solve one, bring up a problem, that you will think they're the answer. And when you say, but yeah, you didn't solve the other ones. You keep raising my taxes. Uh, my kids, yeah, they had to move out of the state. Uh, you know why? I mean, I, I, maybe I, if you don't, I'll tell you. It's because it's too expensive to live here. And your woke policies of grabbing their guns, thinking that that's the answer, must be uh, uh, cars. Yeah, we hate cars, gas, gas, natural gas, and we hate cars that that run on... Yeah. Why don't you stop banning things for a while and just start doing things? Right? I get it. You're much more righteous than I ever will be. I, I'm okay with that. You certainly have a better set of, you know, better head of hair. I, I'll take that, Gavin Newsom, all day long. You were able to steal your, your best friend's wife, right? She's, I guess, your wife now. That's fine. You could do that. I, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't do that, but, but, but maybe that's your thing. <sighs> Can you just fix something once instead of wrecking a marriage, wrecking a state, Ruining a water system. I don't know. Can you do something? Fix it? You see, those are the questions you should be having. Because you guys deserve it. You don't deserve it because you were just born, right? No, no, no. That's the, that's the don't take something from me for something I can't control. And don't give something to me for something I can't control. 
right? I can't control my gender. I can't control my race. I can't control my height. I can't control my, well, I probably can control my weight, but <laughs> right? There's a lot of things I can, but I can't control my shoe size. It is what it is. So don't take something from me for something I can't control. Don't give me something for something I can't control. But my actions, my humanity, my empathy, my knowledge. Oh, ready for this, guys? Your hard work. Your hard work for years showed up early, stayed late, did a little bit more, worked a little bit harder, and did it again and again and again. Wouldn't it be amazing if you were able to stay inside of the state that you were born and raised or the one that you came to and called home so many years ago? Wow. That must be a lot to ask because the folks in New York are asking the same thing as they flee south. They don't even have to change time zones, man. That's pretty cool. When you leave California, almost no matter what, wherever you go, except for maybe Vegas, you have to change time zones. You can go straight down whatever interstate that is and 95 or some or 85, whatever. It goes pink, straight five, straight south, go. And in no time, I, you don't realize how close it is. It's just a short drive, really a short flight. A couple hours, boom, you're for lunch. We can be down from New York down to Florida. 60, 70 degree difference in some, some times a year, right? Between minus whatever to plus whatever. You can have a great time. I think things are changing. So I want you to plan. I need you to expect to pay a greater amount of taxes if you're going to stay in the state of California. It has to happen when California files bankruptcy, when it goes through its default. Uh, when that occurs, because I, I don't see it helping, I don't see it fixing any other way. When that occurs, they're going to come to you because you have money. They're not going to go to the poor people because they're not paying any taxes. They might be nice people. I said poor. You heard bad. I didn't say bad. I said poor. Good people, nice people, honest people. Got it. But they don't have any money. And the state is out of money. They're not out of nice people. A lot of them. But they're out of money. So you're going to have to pay up. And then you have to ask yourself, is the same dingbats (laughs) in power that are going to be taking your money now, your extra money, right? Oh, we're all in it together. Okay, I get it. We're in it together. Let's fight together. We're in it together, 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 together. Got it. The moment you start to move, because that's already racist, you know that. They're already saying it. You want to move out of California, you racist. You want to not say, you bigot, homophobe, what do they call them? Whatever the phobe is of the week. The ist and the phobe. Hey, somebody should make those shirts. Use dot, 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 ist, dot, 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 phobe. Whatever it is, it's overused no matter what. Right? So I'm asking you this. Build reliable retirement income so that you can stand up and not be afraid. You can work wherever and not be worried about being terminated. You can say, I am done working for this company because you don't need to anymore. Financially, you're secure. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could be your own person? 
Wouldn't it be amazing if your values, I mean, work with me for just a minute. Let's just play pretend. Your values could actually be espoused, yep, by you? What? What? Could that happen? I think it could. Will it? I don't know the answer to that. I think some of you have to have kind of this mindset, if that's the right word, that it's worth fighting for. You see, I think it is. I think California is. I think it is worth fighting for. The, the, the nature in California, the people, not all of them, right? 30% maybe, 20, 25% I'm, I'm willing to fight for those. The rest, I'm not sure yet, but maybe. <laughs> the weather, right? The, the diverse climate. I mean, these are real things. Is it worth fighting for? I, I think you have to ask yourself. For a lot of us, it is. For some of you, you could say, take this state and shove it in, and head east, north, northeast, wherever. But somebody eventually is going to have to stay and fight. I don't know the answer. I, I don't know if it's the same, but it's very similar to my disagreement with the men that fled Ukraine up to Moldova and Poland, even into Belarus. Right? They fled to many, many countries surrounding Ukraine, even to the United States, certainly to Europe. Uh, I already used this word in the first half of the show, but I'm going to use it again. Shame on you. It is your country. If the men of Ukraine will not stay and fight for Ukraine, then we should not have men and women in Ukraine fighting for a country that nobody else wants to fight for. And they live there. We get nothing at the end of the story. At the end of the story, if we win, right, the, the West versus uh, Putin, if we, quote, win, <laughs> so what? We go, see you later, bye. Uh, I now declare uh, December 4th, uh, Ukraine Day. Da, 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 da. Right? Everybody leaves, Ukraine Day. Yay, Ukraine flags, we're the little lapel pin. By the eighth year, that just kind of fizzles away. And the men that fled... The cowards that left and went to Europe and the United States and Moldova and other places, they'll go back to a place that our men and women bled. Some died because, shh, don't tell, shh, don't tell anybody. But, you know, we have soldiers. We have men and women there. I mean, shh, don't say anything, but, you know, we do. Shh, don't say anything. But Biden did. He let it slip in between the oatmeal and the little cut up bananas. You know, there was, so you can grab them with your fingers. Sometimes it's difficult with a fork. I understand. So, so he grabs the bananas with his fingers and he said, oh, by the way, we have soldiers, men and women. Oops, what? The media heard what? Right. So I don't think we should have our men and women dying there. Listen, President Trump was right about a lot of things about everything. Of course not. I don't think he should have made people take the jab. I don't think you should do that. I don't think you should have closed down the country for 2020. I bet if it wasn't an election year, if it was 2019, he wouldn't have done it. I think his advisor says, oh, you got to do this. Play along. It's the Democrat playbook. We're going to out-Democrat the Democrat. I think if you ask him in his heart of hearts, he knows it was stupid to lock down the country. What a joke. Why did we know that? Why did you guys listening to my shows for the last 
17 years, you knew what I would have said. So five years ago, you knew what I would have said. Three years ago, you knew what I would have said. I'd have said, huh, virus, you told me it's been around since October of the previous year of 2019, maybe November, maybe December, whatever. It's now March. We're a global economy. There's 100, follow me for a minute, 100,000 planes in the air over the United States every day. <laughs> so you're telling me the virus is going to be what? Oh, your little cheese ball mask? I mean, listen, you can wear a mask. You can carry a rabbit's foot. You can throw salt over your shoulder. I'm okay with all those things. You do what you want. But why is it that any commonsensical type person would have said, the virus has been circulating for six months, eight months, maybe nine months by now, and you're telling me what? We're supposed to wear a mask and lock down? How does that make any sense? Uh, I, I just did the math. 100,000 people, uh, sorry, 100,000 plane times, let's call it 30 people, probably 60, 100, 200 times that. Da, da, da. Well, there's a lot of people. It's over. The virus is everywhere. Right? Sweden figured it out. My point is, President Trump made some big mistakes, and I think he did. But would I take him over this clown any day of the week? Pfft, times three on times on Sunday, I would. Because he was right about keeping the United States out of Ukrainian and other types of wars, by keeping the United States away from craziness. But I think he was wrong about the lockdowns. He was wrong. So I plead you for one thing. Protect your wealth. You're going to need it. Protect your family's income. And if you choose to leave the state of California, there's a way to do it properly and honestly. But you have to protect yourself. All right? You have any questions, stay with me. Your emails are next. Arif Hallaby, that's me, on the Total Financial Hour. Give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. You can also reach out to me at Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. I'm Arif Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. Stay with me. For your emails next on AM870, The Answer. Help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arif Halaby, the total financial hour. Your place for news, talk, and information. This is our second hour of the total financial hour. <laughs> Hours. Send me an email. Arif at TFSWealth.com. What's a better name to encompass the show? I don't know. The Total Financial Hour. I love it because what it does is it talks about your financial life. And the second hour I've dedicated to uh, interviews and emails. We have some, actually some pretty good emails uh, today, but also some great interviews coming up. I think you're going to be surprised as you start to hear. Uh, we'll, we'll send some promo videos out or some promo uh commercials out talking about what's coming up. I think you need to know this because here's a big part of your financial life. Ready for this? 
You guys are going to make decisions today like you made decisions 10 years ago. Those decisions affect you today. Well, the decisions you make today are going to affect you 10 years from now. It's not very profound. I mean, you figured it out. But you realize that today you should have better information, more information, and certainly more accurate information about the financial needs that you're going to have, the risk you're willing to accept, right? We've now gone through another 20, 30% decline in the market. Is this not a surprise that we're going to have a collapse uh, in some of the system, a recession, some would say? Right? We had it in 2008, even 2015. Some of you don't remember, but 2015 was a yucky time. It was short, right? It was short for a lot of reasons because I think President Obama was very practical. He's a pragmatic man, just like Bill Clinton was. Their legacy is much more important than their ideology. Now, I would say President Obama is less like Bill Clinton in that area, meaning Bill Clinton is just a survivalist. He'll believe anything you want, say anything you want. Probably so will President Obama. But in the end, President Obama will still do things down the progressive world. Uh, President Clinton, you know, he passed welfare reform and criminal justice reform and all that because he didn't want to be known as a one-term president. So these are very important things you understand because I still have some money on the table. I told you earlier I'm not a betting man, right? (laughs) But... I still have a $100 bill on the table as a bet, if I were a betting man, that says uh, Joe Biden is not president Labor Day 2023. I think he's not going to be in. I think the writing on the wall, right, the conviction, the deal he would cut with the U.S. Congress to step down before they expose his son as the drug-addicted, treasonous man he is. I think he will say that it's for medical reasons or personal time with my health and on and on and on. My doctors, not me. It's not me. No, no. I would stay president for 30 years if I could. But my doctors, and you know me, folks, I trust the science. So I think it's going to be something like that. But who knows? That means Kamala Harris, some of you cringe. She could be her next president. Unless he replaces her, right? Spiro Agnew. Does that sound familiar? Gerald Ford, and then poof, Ford was president. Man never elected by the people. Certainly not the people of the United States, the people of his district. Because he was the uh, Speaker of the House. So President Ford, Speaker of the House, then became president. So I think that's the same thing you're going to get. He didn't want to be president. He was very reluctant, in fact. But I I think that's the same thing you're going to get in the United States. Not that uh, Speaker McCarthy will be president, but I mean... There is a push to make some adjustments before Kamala Harris could actually become president. I don't know what it is. The Biden people hate the uh, Harris people. They just do. Harris people hate the Harris people. (laughs) They do. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think what's going to take place overall is that a year from now, President Biden is not in office. I think by Labor Day. I think there'll be some pushing and pulling through the summer and by the end... uh, He will step down. So that's just my thought. Again, if I was a betting man, I'd have $100 on the table. But I think a lot of you have to realize this. Although 
politics, national state politics, maybe even local politics, could be an avocation for you. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you enjoy following the political world. I think what you also have to do is look at, at the practical approach to you and your money. And in the end, whatever happens to the state of California, the city of Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, the county of Ventura, Orange County, your county, your city, I think you have to look at the person sitting next to you or in the car with you and certainly in your house, turn, turn and look at them and realize they are the most important person in your life. Not the governor, not the president, not Mr. Trump, nobody, you and your spouse, your family, your friends. Okay, because if you understand that, then you have a chance to build and protect and save the state, the country. But if you get misguided, if you miss the mark, and uh, look, it's very similar to reverends, ministers, right? They preach so much the word of God that they forget the honoring of their spouse and the paying attention, if you will, to their children and their spouse. They forget the idea that they have to be there as a person and a a husband and a father, not just a minister. Right? You've heard it. You've seen it. Some of you have been, uh, you know, children of ministers. And, And you've looked and you said, my dad was a pastor, but he wasn't really a dad. He was our pastor. He was busy all the time dealing with everybody else's problems. Had no time for my problems. Some of you know that story. I don't want you to be the same way with the nation or politics or or this the, the state, right? So let me share something with you. This is an email, pretty important email from Joe and Tammy. I think you have to ask yourself, does this sound like you, right? Does this sound like you? I don't know. Maybe so. This is Joe and Tammy. Dear Eric, my wife and I are completely different when it comes to money. She spends money every single day on things we don't need. We have everything we need in our life. Our home is paid off and we, we pay cash for our cars. I'm always being asked for money from her because I've had to take her name off the savings and checking accounts that we shared for years. We have retirement accounts and social security income and that pays us about $8,000 a month. Our total monthly expenses are no more than about $5,000. Do you have any way to manage this area in our life in case I were to pass away first? Do you know how I can cancel any of her credit cards? How I can make sure that she doesn't run out of money if I were to die first? I need to make sure she has enough to care for herself, financially speaking, long after I go. My two daughters are also concerned for her as she sometimes asks them for money. Okay. Interesting email, guys. And you understand that that this is Joe talking about Tammy. You realize it can be just the other way around, right? There's men and there's women that spend money more than the other spouse. Most of the time, maybe it's 75, 90, 90%. I don't know the answer. It's certainly a strong majority of the time. 
that men and women are different with money. Sometimes they're the same. They're both spenders. That means they've filed bankruptcy twice before they're 40. Or they're both savers, which means they have the same house, the same old carpet, the same old furniture, and they've never remodeled, right? But they have a million dollars in the bank. That happens. If they're both savers, they're afraid to spend. It always comes from your childhood. I want to be clear on that. I'm going to address that in a minute. There's reasons for it. And it isn't that one is right and wrong. So many times you're going to try to frame things as right and wrong. I want you to pause for a minute. Don't put a value judgment on this just yet because you don't know the history. You don't know their backgrounds. Nor do I, of course. It's a small enough, uh, short enough email. But let's talk about this. Generally speaking, more often than not, 57, well, more 75, 85% of the time, this is what I encounter in my office. It's this. Women will spend $20, $30, $10, $40, $75, $10 every day, something, somewhere. Men will do nothing, 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 new boat, nothing, 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 new golf clubs, nothing, 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 new motorcycle, right? You get it? And then at the end of the year, they both point to each other and say, but you're the one spending all the money. And he'll look at her and she'll look at him. And in reality, if you do the math, it's pretty close to the same amount of overall dollars. But they spend it differently. She will spend a little bit every day and wonder why that's a problem. He will spend nothing. And then the one day he, quote, I deserve, I say, you know who I am. I work hard. You don't understand it. Right. He'll couch a bad financial decision in. I'm a victim i'm a martyr right we do that as men we work all i do is work and sacrifice for you kids and you why and you family and everybody we do that so i do want you to know this if you're going to to be somebody that kind of runs down that right whichever one you are you might be one or the other that you have to ask yourself can i back that off a little bit All right. Since Joe and Tammy both spend money on things because they just do. Right. Each of you are going to think that the money is spent on something that's important. But here's the thing that catches me the most. Joe says, my two daughters are also concerned for her as she sometimes asks them for money. All right. So that's important because that means it's probably a problem that goes on beyond a marriage issue. Right, where both of us just have different ways of spending the money that we make. So here's what I want you to do. Consider a revocable living trust. A revocable living trust. Simple enough, you might already have one. A revocable living trust allows you to have a living trust where you would put your assets. Right? When you pass away, it leaves you as a person and goes into the to the trust. And inside of that trust, you can have something called a special needs provision. Now, we often reserve reserve this for those that have special needs, like a disabled child or a parent or a partner that has had some trauma, uh, you know, brain trauma or some other things that can't necessarily care for themselves, financially speaking. Or maybe even otherwise. And inside of the special needs trust, it appoints somebody outside of the person that's the beneficiary of the trust. And that person that's appointed outside pays for 
the housing costs, the basically food, shelter, clothing, electricity, insurance, internet, cell phone, pays for the daily expenses, monthly expenses, but is a person that is, in my opinion, should not be related. It should not be somebody that can be emotionally manipulated because we can do that, right? You can emotionally manipulate your sister, your brother, your, your cousin, your daughter, your son, and people do. So I want you to make it an attorney or a friend, somebody who couldn't care less if, if Tammy likes them or not, because <laughs> in the end, she's going to get mad, right? She'll do the high ask, and then there'll be the beg. It's, it's the sequence of events. That's right. It's called the cycle of request from a special needs person or an, or an addict. It's the same story. The cycle of request goes, hi, can I have money? I need this. I've already given you money. I already gave you that. Listen, no, you don't understand. There's the, so, so you have the request, you have the negotiation, but you don't understand I need it because I have to and I need it. And then the next thing that takes place is the begging. Come on, please. You don't understand. I really need it. I have to have it. And then the final one, or at least the final one that's, that can have any sense of working, is, causing, uh, is calling you names, being angry. Well, you're nothing but a... And you're a son of a gun, and why don't you? And you, you're lousy, and, and calling you names and getting personal. And then the final that comes back around, believe it or not, is the apology. I'm sorry, last week I got so upset with you. I, I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm just, you know, frustrated. I, you know, okay, great, no problem. I accept your apology. And then the next time, guess what it is again? It's the ask. Right? So that cycle of ask negotiate beg anger and then apology right and then it starts all over again so I like the idea of having a special needs trust put in place where somebody like an attorney somebody else can take the heat who doesn't take it personal, who knows she's going to get mad at them. Because the truth is, she probably has something wrong somewhere. I don't mean she's not a great mom or a great wife. I don't mean she's not a good person. I didn't mean any of that. Good believer, if she's a, if she's a Christian woman, I don't mean any of that. I just mean she has something wrong somewhere. And by the way, this person who's going to manage this, they're going to, they're going to, pay, they're going to charge a fee. You're going to have to pay a fee for this. And it's really the trust that will pay a monthly fee or an annual fee, whatever they, however you figure it out. But because she has something wrong somewhere, you might also build into there some sort of counseling that's required. Maybe before or after or during. Maybe the person, if it's an attorney whose job it is, is to distribute the funds, says, listen, I need a report from your therapist that you went there three times this week or once this week, whatever your, whatever your requirement is. So that I don't have to deal with this cycle of a request. So that's important for you to figure this out. But Joe, I think there's a big part of this that really I think you should be commended for. Right? To, to be able to pull money out of your spouse's control yet still maintain a marriage which there which there's love and respect is very difficult i pray that you continue to do that and you have that level of respect with each other 
because Social Security and retirement accounts is $8,000 a month. That's a nice living. That's a nice chunk of money. That's $96,000 a year, right? Your expenses are 60000 a year. You'll have some taxes in there. And we're, by the way, we're going to lose the lower of the two Social Security checks when one of you passes away. So if you do pass away, there'll be a, a less money going into the trust on a monthly basis. But there still is a chunk of money that you have in your savings account. There still is a lot of money that's in your retirement accounts. So I want your daughters to be daughters. So please make sure that your daughters are not part of the trust decision-making process so they can be just as mad, at least on the surface, of that attorney or that trustee. They can be mad and, oh, yeah, that guy's a jerk. Oh, yeah, commiserate with her. Yes, yes. Let's go shopping, Mom. Let's go get ice cream. Right? Let's go browse the mall. You could do things like that. They can give Mom five bucks, whatever. You can go for dinner or go for lunch. You don't have to go and spend money that she doesn't that you don't have. Hey mom, when you when you get the money from your you, when you get your monthly allowance, let me know and we'll go to the mall together. Right? That would be a blast. And this way the daughters are making the decision to spend whatever mom gets, not how much mom receives. Okay? So that's a big part of it. By doing it that way, the living trust, the revocable living trust will give you a, a framework, but that special needs provision, that special needs trust, and or an irrevocable trust could be a place to, to park the assets. And a good attorney will break this down to you. Don't go to a financial professional, financial advisor, who also does living trusts. I think there's probably some good ones out there, I'm assuming. But I don't want you to go to a plumber and ask him to fix your transmission because he's a great plumber. Right? No, no, no. I want plumber to be plumber, transmission, transmission. Right? Financial advisor, financial advisor, and attorney, attorney. Simple enough. So many of you go to CPAs, tax professionals, and say, oh, and by the way, be my retirement expert. Oh, oh, you're amazing at the tax law, which, by the way, there's thousands of changes every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, can you also make sure that you're following the rules for the hundreds, if not thousands, of other changes in the financial advisory world, in the stock market world, in the annuity world, in the insurance world? Yeah, 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 because you're an expert as a CPA. In my opinion, that is not somebody I would trust with my retirement accounts because they're untrustworthy. No, because they probably are trustworthy. If you trust them as your CPA, because they lack the actual knowledge. And now, look, truth be told, they don't want to be a financial advisor. They usually want to be a CPA, because if they want to be a financial advisor, they should quit being a CPA. And if you want to be a CPA, quit being a financial advisor. So it's the same thing. I don't want your cousin Louie, who's a great HVAC you know, air conditioning repair person. He's great, but make sure he's also the trustee to to make sure the money gets distributed properly. No, no, no. Louis does air conditioning. Trustee does trustee stuff. That's a big uh, step for you. 
I, I don't know. You have to talk to the attorney of whether or not it makes sense to do this without your wife's permission. I don't know if you have a conservatorship. Uh, you have to ask and see. You know how that breaks down. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Maybe you can catch your wife at the right time and say, look, this is better for you. This gives you the ability to have freedom and never be homeless. Homeless, right? Because I'm not sure what percentage, but it's got to be close to 90 or more of homeless people have some sort of mental illness. Right? So they were somebody's little baby once. Remember? Yeah, you, you all have little kids. Little baby, cute, innocent. You laughed when they did little things. You cheered when they walked, and now they're homeless people on the street. So uh, they went from zero to 60. How, how? I'm not sure. So, Joe, this is how I want you to protect yourself so that your wife doesn't end up on the street. All right? You put a special needs trust together. And make sure the relationship with your daughter stays, stays pure by not having them be her mom. Instead, have them be their daughter, her daughter, right? So that they can look up to mom, they can have the respect, honor, all of those things. All right, hey, I want to give you a couple other things, guys. Uh, We have a movie coming up. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. You've heard me talk about it in the past. If you want to get on the list for that movie, it is an incredible movie. You have to see this movie. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. And we're going to be playing it both in Glendale and in the Santa Clarita Valley, the northern L.A. uh, County area, Santa Clarita, uh, basically Valencia, if you think about it. And for those of you that are, you know, over the hill, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what is that like, Bakersfield? No, it's Six Flags. It's Six Flags Magic Mountain. It's just over the hill, 20 minutes from you. All right. So we have that movie coming up. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. We'll put your name on the list when the uh, date is finalized. You'll be one of the first to know. 888-99-RETIRE. If you have a question, you want to send me an email, you can do so at arif, A-R-I-F, at TFS, stands for Total Financial Solutions. So TFSWealth.com. I don't always get to all of your emails all the time, and I share that with you all the time because I still get questions when other emails come in and they said, why haven't you brought up my email? Because I focus on the ones that I see a bit more frequently, and I will answer your email directly back to you. So that will never change. Don't worry about that. But as far as bringing it on the air, uh, if I see that there's a frequency of uh, concerns with other clients or uh, we're starting to find this happen with folks coming into the office, then I'll bring it to your attention. If it's something similar, okay? Triple eight ninety nine retire. Stay with me. I have your next email right after the break. This is Arif Hallaby, your place for news, talk, and information. AM eight seventy is the answer. Hey, listen. Every week at this time, we're talking about your family's finances. Stay with me. One week from today, we'll be back. But I'm not done. Second hour, second half hour is up. Right after this. He will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. 
Social Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Your place for news, talk, and information. Listen, I want to get into our second email rather quickly because I think you need to have an understanding, if you will, of what makes a difference when you are trying to save for retirement. Because so many of you have been conditioned that retirement is about one, maybe two things, right? Two things. If I say retirement income and you say the first word that comes to mind, some of you will say Social Security. The other one might say pension, right? Those two. I don't think too many of you will say the word rental property, right? I don't think so. For some of you, it has been a godsend. It has been a great way to have comfort, security, peace of mind, right? I think it's a wise move for some or part of your money if that is, if you are so inclined. I'll I'll tell you a quick little story. We talked to a client many years ago, husband, wife, young couple, I like to say a pretty couple, right? Both good looking, fit, that cute, perfect looking kids. You know, the people make you all sick. <laughs> and I remember sitting there and asking them, okay, tell me about your financial life. We went over some things. What's your career? They have great careers. Uh, and he said, well, Arif, this is what he said. Arif, we have a financial dilemma. I said, great. What, what's that dilemma? So, well, here's my concern. I want to do rental property. I want to have rental property. My parents had rental property. That's how they were able to retire at a young age. It built our family's wealth. I'm very happy about it. I said, okay, it sounds great. Sounds like you should have rental property then. And she said, well, Arif, let me tell you my story. My mom and dad had a bunch of rental property. They lost their shirt, lost everything, and it made it so that my entire childhood was nothing but financial pain. Because my parents kept telling the story over and over again, never have rental property. So here's husband and wife, two kids, pretty couple. And I said, well, let me explain. And I went through the math and I said, well, if you do it right, there's some ways to do it and on and on. Went through this whole little little spiel, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way to have a conversation about how and why and what that looks like. Well, guess what happened? They come back in. Three weeks, maybe two weeks later, and I say, okay, great. What did you guys decide? How how much of your financial planning do you want me to do with, help you with? You know, we have stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Back then, we did all the crazy risk stuff. This is probably 20 years ago. And he said, Eric, let me explain a couple of things. Number one is I like to be married. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Number two is my wife threatened me and said, if I were to buy rental property, she would leave me. So do you see how it's the exact same thing? But one side looks at it as a sense of insecurity. The other side looks at it as a sense of success, security, comfort, providing for him and his family. Which one is right? Well, the answer is both of them. Because the point of view from one is the same as the point of view from the other, meaning to them it's real, to them it's the truth. So I want you to understand this because I think you have to... you know, come to grips with the fact that just because something makes sense with math, it doesn't mean it makes sense for you, right? Math doesn't have any feelings, emotions, history, 
biases. Uh, math is just math. One plus one is two, regardless of what the left will tell you. It's not a racist thing. Math, believe it or not, is just math. Right? It has nothing to do with some historical uh, right we're trying to wrong or wrong we're trying to right or you know, none of that. It's just math. So I need you to understand that because I'm going to share with you a story with folks that had some great success with rental properties. This is their email. But if you're, if you're from the, the, the point of view of the lady where it ruined her family's finances and her parents could never retire and they made, understand that that's okay. It's not something you have to do. But I do think you need to also understand something else. Your brother-in-law, your cousin, your mother, you, whatever dumb decisions they made because they, they're human beings, are going to make dumb decisions, doesn't mean you have to make the same ones. Oh, well, it can't be done, right? Remember the four-minute mile? Can't be done. Why? Because that guy couldn't do it. Oh, then it can't be done. Just kind of think twice about this. Just because somebody else couldn't do it doesn't mean you can't. However, I do understand there's emotional components. You're not willing to learn. There's a psychological block. I get it. I took Psych 101 in college. I understand. We started with the I. Remember that? Psych 101. I'm not sure why we started with the I, but we did. And you go through the physiological properties of the eyeball, and, uh, and then you do the rest of psychology. I think because what you see is your truth, right? Even though I believe there's universal truths, I'm not running the country or the world at the moment, so otherwise I'd run it differently. All right. Very important. This is Ellen... And Stephen. All right, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Arif, my husband and I have worked for decades, but have put very much, uh, but but have not put very much into the social security system. Most of that time that we were working was spent running our own business. Throughout the years, we bought many rental properties, and now they have been paid off. The total income we receive each month from those properties is around sixteen thousand dollars a month. That's pretty good. It's great, actually. Because we had to count on ourselves, we also saved money in the stock market and in our savings accounts. Let me pause for a minute there. I want to pause there. Think of it like this. You understand when you have a small business and you are declaring your income, often small businesses will deduct their expenses before they declare their income. The things that they would write off as their expenses that they use for business like their car, car insurance, cell phone, some meals, traveling, all of those are business expenses, which means you pay for them with pre-tax money. So you make $1,000, you spend $600 on expenses, you pay tax on 400 bucks. An employee that goes to work at a normal job makes $1,000, pays tax on $1,000, Whatever they have left, that's how they buy their gas, their meals, shopping, whatever it is that they spend money on, cell phone. Okay, so this couple had a business in which by the time things were done, they spent a lot of money prior to paying taxes on it. And because the money that you pay taxes on, that is what you get Social Security income on. 
So even if you make $10,000 in a month, by the time you have all of your write-offs, if you only have $2,000 left, you only receive Social Security credits based on $2,000, not the ten. So in their particular case, they may have had a lot of money, but by the time they paid off all the business expenses, they were left with a lot less. So we also saved money in the stock market and in our savings account. Continuing, we have lost a lot of money in the market. Even though we told our advisor over and over to sell, by the time he did sell, we were down 25%. All right, guys, I can't tell you how many times I hear this. I hear this over and over. We called our advisor. He made me feel stupid, so I didn't sell. We called our advisor. He got mad at me. This just happened the other day. Got mad at me, so I didn't sell. And then it went down another 20%, another 5%, another 10%. Right? You understand your advisor is working at a job because he didn't save the kind of money that you saved. (laughs) You understand that. Your advisor is working at a job not because he's a bad person, but because he only gets paid if you keep your money at risk. So, Wall Street makes a living when you have your money at risk of being lost. If your money is safe, protected, away from risk, right? Money, market accounts, savings, CD. Sorry, no commission to be had. So, when you call and talk to your broker, and maybe you're the fifth call today that says, I want to sell. When you tell your broker to sell, do you understand what he hears? My kids don't eat today. When you talk to your broker and you say, I want to sell, he hears, I can't pay my house payment. So, of course, he's going to be angry with you. Of course, he's going to be pressuring you. Okay, so I don't mean he's a bad person. He wants to protect his family. I would expect that. But I think you have to realize to yourself, right, there's a reason that they just let it continue to drop. And they've all been trained. I know I was trained that way 27 years ago, right? We were all trained that. We said, oh, don't worry here. Uh, Page seven. Uh, Sorry, Mrs. Jones, the market will eventually go up. Uh, uh, Page nine. Uh, I understand your concerns. Uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Insert name here. Yeah, Mrs. Smith. But everybody loses money sometimes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Just keep buying. This is a buying opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's page 47. Buying opportunity. Don't forget that. I mean, right? That's what they say. I can give you a list of them. It's a whole list of them. Okay, continue with uh, Ellen and Steve. So uh, here's Ellen. They were down 25%. We salvaged what we could, and we have about $500,000 left to be used for retirement income. Since we cannot count on the federal and state government to not pass another law allowing people to not pay their rents again, we need a backup plan. When President Biden and Governor Newsom told people they did not have to pay those rents, we lost almost $100,000. Is there any way for us to, to use non-IRA money to build an income stream? We need no more than about $10,000 a month to live, but we still have expenses on the properties. Okay. 
pretty important. I like this. That's uh, Ellen and Steve. They have great income when they do have income from their rental property. Sounds like it's in California, in the state of California, because other states didn't play the same game. Some states said, that, well, that's nice that the president said you don't have to pay, but he's not a king. He's not a dictator. He can't tell you to break a law. The president can't tell you, sorry, you don't have to pay taxes. Right? He can't do that. Sorry, you don't have to pay rents. Sorry, you can steal from Mrs. Jones. Hi, sorry, you can go over there to that grocery store. Yeah, take what you want. The governor can't say that. Well, you know, they understand a pandemic. Okay, yeah, that's right. Maybe if you didn't create the problem, you wouldn't have to try to solve the problem on the backs of those with rental properties. Just saying. So Governor Newsom told people they didn't have to pay those rents, and they lost $100,000. So I understand, guys. Ellen, Steve, your goal is to, yeah, 10000 a month, that's today's money. You have a very small amount from Social Security. You told me what it was. It's, it's pretty small. I mean, it's 800 and, and 1000 So $1,800 a month, it's not enough to, to live on by any means. So what do you do? Well, I would take that $500,000. i would want you to consider using a, what's called a laddering approach. When it comes to fixed indexed annuities, which go up when the market goes up, you get some or maybe even most of the gains. If the market goes down, you're flat. You stay the same. You don't go backwards. What's the catch? Well, there's a couple of catches. Catch number one, you're probably never going to make more than around 15, maybe 18%. You have a cap on the top. Realistically, you're going to be somewhere between probably 4 and 8% a year. Some years will be zero because you have a cap on the bottom. Some could be as high as 15. So you'll be between zero and 15%. Zero to 15, up, down, up, down. Realistically, you're never going to lose. Whatever interest is credited is yours. So that means when I say up, down, I don't mean their balance goes up, down. I mean some years you might earn four, some zero, some 10, some five, some nine, some two. But whenever you earn interest, it's always new money. Now, I'm going to say that again. Whenever you earn interest, it's always new money. So initially you might say, yeah, no, no, no. You understand what happens? Right now, they took money from you and then they give you money back. And then they take money from you and they give it back, right? Your 100000 goes up to 120 and you say, look, I made 120 And then it goes down to 80 and you say, uh-oh, I lost money. But hey, man, the broker said, don't leave. Stay with it. You're in it for the long haul. Okay, got it. And then the 80 goes to 90, and your broker says, look, you made 10000 And you say, but wait, wait a second. Didn't you tell me that that 120000 was mine? Because that was like a couple years ago. You said, oh, the 120 is yours. I remember it. You said, you have 120000 in the account. I remember it. You said that. Okay. So 120000 So now you say I have $120,000 in my account, but it went backwards. So how did I go backwards? Ah, yeah, risk, the market, China, Trump, got it. Biden, Putin, got it. So can you explain to me then, where's the rest of my money? And when you gave me $10,000 back, uh, wasn't that my own money back? I think you guys should be asking these questions, guys. 
Okay, so Ellen and Steve, you guys don't need any more than $10,000 a month to live. But yes, there's going to be expenses, property taxes, other things on the property. I get it. And you need to pay those things. So what's the reason? Well, it's simple. We want to have a protection mechanism in place. So I would split up the 500000 one for a medium income plan, maybe you know five years from now, let's say. And then a long-term plan, 10 years, 12 years, whatever from now. Sometime from now, I would have a plan B. Right? Just in case there's another problem in the economy, just in case people don't pay rents, or you're going to have to back down the rents. Right? Maybe there's a time when you have to say, well, we were getting whatever, $2,500 a month for this place. Now we have to get $2,200. Okay. You have to plan for that. You got to be able to absorb that. So by building a medium and a long-term plan, we can flip a switch and start an income stream from non-real estate-related assets. Okay. Have you thought about, and look, by the way, we're going to work with your CPA, your tax preparer, your, your enrolled agent. That's our job is to work with somebody who understands the tax story because I want you to consider using an LLC, which is a limited liability company, or an S-Corp for your properties. Is one right? Or wrong? I don't know. One of them could be the right answer. That's what a good CPA will will tell you. Because if you do that, then the shares inside of that, of the LLC, the shares inside of that, S-Corp, will belong to your living trust, your revocable living trust. Because if you have the real estate inside of your trust, then guess what? Surprise, no probate. Oh, that sounds fun. What is probate? Well, probate means the court, a judge, and a trustee, many other people, other people (laughs) that don't like you and know you, they don't care about you, really. Other people's job is to decide what you probably wanted to do with your property. So there's court proceedings. The judge gets involved. The court gets involved. They have to ask people. They uh, they make your entire life, uh, financially speaking, public. Right? Remember when Prince died? Michael Jackson? Uh, both of those guys had a lot of money. They could have created a little a living trust that might have been two or three or $5,000. Maybe because they might have been complicated people. Ooh, $10,000. They could have created an awesome living trust. Instead, their entire life was made public in the newspaper, financially speaking. How much do they owe? What do they own? Whose life, uh, who's the beneficiary? Who could potentially be the Everybody comes out and still, I remember, people are still Elvis Presley's kids, right? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, he's my dad. Uncle promised me. And then when Frank Sinatra died, remember that? Private. Everything he has, who he owed money to or owed money to him, how many assets, properties, all that, private Simple, a couple little proceedings done, right? So a living trust has anonymity. It avoids probate fees. So make sure you guys consider a living trust. Now, you do, listen, folks, you don't have to have eight or 10 or 20 properties to do this. You have one. One piece of land in the middle of Mojave, you need a trust. One little vacation house up in Lake Arrowhead, 
800 square feet. You need a living trust. A home in West L.A. Trust. Valley Trust. Doesn't matter. You need a living trust. What you should pay for that, if it's a simple trust, husband, wife, two kids, a house, a dog, whatever, one or two properties, maybe $2,500. And I'm talking that is a specialist. If somebody charges you more than three or 4000 maybe even 3200 that's the math. Somebody charges you more than that, it's usually because it's not what they do. So what they are doing is they go out and hire an attorney that costs them 2000 bucks. They charge you four, they give that guy two, and they keep two. Instead, I want you to go directly to the professional, and maybe you'll spend 2500 because it's not a wholesale price. But I had a husband and wife with two kids and one house in the valley. Hey, Eric, if we did our trust, it was $6,000. I'm like, what? Oh, oh, folks, by the way, this is six, seven years ago. I go, what do you mean $6,000? What do you have? Do you have houses in foreign countries? Do you have real estate in other states? Uh, special needs children? Nope, 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 nope. So what is the deal? And while I was there, the mail came. I was at their home and they, they opened the mail. He goes, oh, look, check it out. We have another bill. He wanted to charge us another 1200 bucks. I'm like, um, no. Somehow you have to have a conversation with him and say, oh, heck no. We are not going to be paying anything of the sort. Okay, very important. You understand that, guys. Living trust. Now, maybe in Stephen Ellen's case, maybe they have a lot of properties, so there's going to be deeds that need to be filed in other states, other counties. I get it. You can always give us a call. I'll let you know if I think it's within the ballpark or if you're being taken advantage of. That $6,000 for a simple trust that at the time was going for $1,500 uh, was a, a ripoff times 10. All right? So make sure you, you're, you're careful. I like the idea of having an LLC or an S-Corp. My reason for that is to avoid certain payroll taxes, right? Depending on how you take the income, working with your CPA. That's what we do, guys. That's what we do for our clients. So if you choose to become a client, you step into our office, we can help you. There's no fee. There's no monthly fee, quarterly fee, annual fee, nothing like that. We are paid because the company is going to make more than it gives you. They have a profit built in to pay us no matter what. Okay, so we are always going to be paid. There are financial professionals that might find ways to charge you for your account and then over here, then get paid behind the scenes. Whatever they do, that's not what we do. Go ahead. So that's not what we do. Uh, okay, listen, I mentioned that before. The conversation that you have with your CPA, your tax professional, is about you making sure you don't go backwards with your money. Now, their job is to not go backwards with your money when by charging more taxes, paying more taxes, then you should. Pay what you owe. Find legal ways to avoid paying. I'm with that. But you trust the tax advisor, the tax professional, to give you advice. I know this is going to sound shocking. The conversation that you should have regarding probate, avoidance of probate, that's the attorney. That's the professional there. That's the person whose job it is is to keep you from, out of legal jeopardy. 
All right. So they each have a different role to play. I don't want you to fall down the road where you say, hey, now I'm financially in trouble. So I'm going to go to the wrong person. That's not the job of it. Right. Each person is a little different. They each have a different role. Our job uh, in that triangle, right, where you're in the center, our job is all three of us is to protect you. Our job is reliable retirement income that never goes backwards. And like Steve and Ellen, a backup plan. And many of you, and maybe in their case, too, a second opinion. How do we make sure we don't have to worry about somebody giving you uh, permission or, or even a conversation about running out of money? That's never going to happen with us. Right? We're here for you. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. Your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer. Have a blessed day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.